I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show, brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In this week's programme, can you insure yourself against falling house prices? Is it time to get out of commercial property? What type of pension plan is best value, a full SIP or a low-cost SIP? And we have some good news and bad news on savings. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Dan Thomas. Hello. And from Investors Chronicle, we're joined again by John McLeod. Hiya. Hello to you all. So let's start then uh, with the money news and rumours this week that uh, uh, UK mortgage lenders may be considering insurance schemes uh, to protect against falling house prices, uh, especially as next year is predicted to be um, a difficult year in the housing market. Um, Charlene, this is something that you've been looking into this week. What have you What have you discovered? Well, there's a growing interest um, from private investors to short uh, residential properties, so to bet now on prices going down. Um, And this is only really starting to happen. We've seen years of very strong growth. There just hasn't been the demand um, for people wanting to profit from a downturn. But we're seeing this um, emerge now. And at the same time, we've heard that a couple of retail lenders are actually looking to bring this kind of opportunity to your average homeowner through their high street branches. Shorting, of course, means that you make money when the price of something falls. Falls, So uh, I suppose in some ways, uh, if you used some sort of shorting mechanism, a derivative or something like that, you could make as almost as much money as your property falls in value. Is that the idea? That is exactly the idea, yeah. I mean, you do get property speculators as well coming in who um, what, just see, believe that house prices will fall and want to try and make money from that. But really, these are aimed at people um, often with quite large property portfolios who are getting increasingly nervous with all these gloomy house price forecasts we're seeing come out and are very keen to find a way to protect themselves. Um, it's often especially those kind of uh, homeowners that might want to sell in a year or two and you know, they don't want to risk losing the growth on, on their property. Of course, it, it's already possible to, to short house prices in some ways, isn't it? Well, what sort of thing you can you can, do at the moment? You can spread bet on um, house prices. Uh, spread fair is a spread betting exchange that allows us and uh, enables uh, bettors to link up 
with other bettors rather than the actual company. So if you want to bet that prices are going down, you have to find someone else out there who thinks they're going to go up. Um, so you can get in that way, and IG Index do something quite similar. We're also seeing a number of more complicated sort of funds and investment structures uh, being launched by some of the commercial banks and uh, niche fund managers that are going to allow this kind of thing, but they're really going to tie up your money for at least a year, maybe two years, and you really have to see property prices come down a long way before you start making money, so it is pretty high risk. I suppose that is the problem, especially if you try to do it yourself um, with yeah. spread betting, because if prices don't fall as much as the spread betting prices suggest, you could lose money, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There's always a starting point, and at the moment I think the forecast for next year is prices coming down about 7%. Um, so in some of these products, you have to see prices come down more than 7% before you even start making money. And if they come down 5 or 6, um, which is pretty bad news for some people, um, you, you would still lose the money that you bet there. So, so, so you'd, you'd lose out on your spread bet and you'd see the price of your property fall. So yeah. it could be a, a double whammy. I mean, John, this is almost the reverse of some of the investment products that existed to capture the upside in in property in recent years, isn't it? That's right, Matthew. Going back to around about 2002, 2003, there were structured products which offered upside on the housing market but with 100% capital protection. And I think there was one, I think from Newcastle, that allowed you to kind of go each way on the market. But those are sort of, I think there's been so much uncertainty or direction that those have sort of stopped. There were also covered warrants, which are a bit like spread betting, but your protection if the market doesn't go the way you want. Last time I looked, there were none on housing. But I, I had a look this week, in fact, and that, that covered warrant seems to have disappeared. It, ha- it has, but they can issue them quite quickly. So if demand picks up for ones that are short at the market, then I, I expect we will see them coming out. And a lot of fund managers and property commentators are saying that they really expect some kind of explosion in this market um, in the first half of next year. Apparently there's a lot of people talking about it and a lot of new funds being considered. So we could see um, big growth here. The market is very well established in commercial property particularly where institutions, <coughs> not so much retail investors, but institutions have been using derivatives to, to bet with and against the IPD index for, for several years and it's a huge market now. So if, the, if retail investors can tap into that, that, that sounds like a good idea. It sounds like it, yeah, it could be a very valuable tool for 2008 when property prices, I think they're forecast to fall by about 7%, aren't they? Yeah. Lots of people. Well, we'll look out for uh, the launch of these products um, next year and also look out for Charlene's article uh, on this very subject in the weekend FT on the 1st of December and on the website at ft.com forward slash money. Uh, remember, you can also send in your financial questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come in the programme, self-invested personal pensions, or SIPs. Is a full one better than a low-cost one? Well, you'd think a full one would be the, the thing to go with. We'll find out shortly. And we have some good news and bad news on savings accounts and what you can spend the interest on. But first, commercial property. Now, being trapped in an office building, unable to get out, with everything collapsing around you, is the stuff of nightmares, or at least a sort of cheesy uh, movie. But that's exactly what has happened to some big property investors, uh, metaphorically, if not literally. They've been trying to exit their investments as commercial property funds. have seen their valuations tumbling, only to find the doors locked so they can't get their money out. So some people have been worrying that the same thing could happen to private investors in commercial property funds. Now, Dan, uh, you've been looking at this subject for a couple of weeks now. What's the situation? 
Well, I was talking to uh, Patrick Sumner at uh, Henderson Global Investors today. He's been around for uh, more than a, more than two or three cycles now, and uh, has, uh, has has seen the ups and downs. And he is he is actually very worried about the liquidity within these open-ended trusts. These are the ones that are open to retail investors that, that people have been piling money in for the last three or four years. Uh, under advisement from, from all, all the big professionals, uh, and, and have seen some stellar returns. But now the uh, the values are turning, and uh, and with it, people are getting concerned and scared. And, and the, the fact is that people might be taking their money out, which again has consequences, as he goes on to say. Well, let's hear uh, what he said to you earlier on. Um, as far as the concrete evidence is concerned, we've had two months, September and October, of negative total returns from the IPD monthly index, which is a very fair reflection of what's going on in commercial property markets. Those negative returns are purely as a result of yields moving upwards as the market adjusts. What's happening in the investment market and what is happening in the tenant market are two rather different things. We've still got rental value growth, so rents are rising according to the latest evidence in all sectors, although not very strongly. But um, investors are putting less money into the sector, uh, and this is pushing uh, total returns down. Now, if you dig into the investment market, you're finding that there is a bigger differentiation between prime and secondary assets than there has been in previous years when people with money that didn't cost them very much were buying almost everything uh, and there wasn't enough of a yield premium over secondary property. Now, the secondary property is what's moving out and pushing the average out, whereas prime property is holding relatively steady, although values are falling to a limited extent there as well. And so uh, on a practical basis, the people who might have money in one of the many commercial property funds out there who might be concerned about the performance. I mean, is, is, is it right that, they, that they're losing money at the moment or, or what's, what's happening out there in terms of the cash that people have? Well, there are different types of commercial property funds. The open-ended property funds are seeing redemptions because, in theory, people can take their money out and the managers have to pay them out. If the managers have to sell properties in order to pay them out because they're not holding enough cash, or cash equivalents, then there is a problem because the market is not terribly liquid at the moment. And the managers are in many cases sort of pushing up the redemption barriers uh, or at least the spread between buy and sell in order to deter people or at least give themselves time. Now, that has a kind of vicious circle effect on the market. Um, Forced sales are never good for any market and they're certainly not good for confidence. But in closed-end funds... Um, I think people are seeing a slightly different experience. Share prices are going down, but the underlying net asset values are not necessarily uh, moving that fast. Right, yeah. So so, uh, as as an investor in in, in a commercial property fund, what would you recommend at the moment? I mean, there's plenty of uh, people out there who who, who bought into the bull run for the last few years and, and now are wondering maybe what they should do with their savings. Well, it depends when they bought in. Uh, how, the, how bad they feel depends on when they bought in, because although looking at the shares, uh, the UK property share market, it's down sort of 40-odd percent this year. It was up 50-odd percent last year. So if they bought in three years ago, they're still sitting on some pretty handsome gains. However, you know, they need to take a long-term view of what's happening here. As I said before, there are two different factors. There's the stock market and the investment market, and then there's the underlying tenant demand. 
And you have to sort of base your view on whether you think we are entering a recession and therefore a serious um, markdown in pricing or whether this is a financial market problem that will have a limited but only a limited effect on the underlying commercial property market. And if you take that view, then um, this is a storm that you need to ride out. It's not going to sort of uh, sweep the house away, but you will need to sort of batten down the hatches, put shutters on the windows, no need to leave town. So, Dan, uh, Patrick Sumner making the point that a lot of the holdings in these funds are illiquid. In other words, it's very difficult to sell them, very difficult to get your money out if you, uh, if you want to. Which... UK funds uh, are potentially affected by this? Well, uh, potentially all of them, really. I mean, there, there's more than 30 property unit trusts in the UK, some bigger than others, some with more institutional investors than others. Uh, the ones that, that, that I think people are most um, concerned about are the ones that actually benefited the most over the last three or four years. Specifically, it's, uh, it's the likes of Norwich Union and, and their large property unit trust, which is about $3.5 billion. was $4 billion a few months ago, now $3.5 billion, slightly telling that. Uh, New Star again uh, had, a, had a huge success story, and again, uh, and, and you know across the fund management groups, Scottish Widows, Threadneedle, these are all guys with with big funds, uh, a lot of uh, investors in there, and uh, now uh, facing a lot of uh, redemptions. I think for the most part, flows are not. Well, investors aren't stampeding out of them, which is which is the crucial thing. And I've been speaking to quite a few fund managers this week. Have been advising. Well, as they would do, they've been advising investors not to panic. The worst thing that they, that, that investors can do, they say, is panic, because in one, two, three years' time, investment in property will come good again, and you'll have to see returns again, and your returns will be secure in 5 6 7% again. If you leave now, you crystallise your losses, arguably, and you start a, a widespread panic through the industry, and you find redemptions drying up, because they, people can't leave because they can't sell the properties fast enough to get the cash to allow people to leave. So don't panic, don't stampede for the exit door. Well, that's what they're, they're hoping, at least, and, and, and potentially we should all hope that as well. OK, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that too. And uh, Dan's article on commercial property funds and their liquidity is in FT Money in FT Weekend uh, on the 1st of December. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on savings accounts and uh, what you can spend uh, the money that you save on at Christmas. Uh, But first, self-invested personal pensions, or SIPs. You can now use these plans to invest for your retirement in cash, shares, bonds, commercial property, your own business premises, and lots more asset classes. But do you need a full SIP, which lets you hold all of these assets, uh, or would a simple low-cost plan be sufficient for most people? This is a question that, uh, John, you have been asking, and uh, you've been talking to various people about it this week. That's right. I mean, according to a survey by Money Management, which is one of our sibling publications, only 5% of SIP plans actually count as full SIPs because they don't have a commercial property. But obviously a lot of people have other, other SIPs which don't and they don't necessarily include commercial property, at least direct holdings of it, not funds that Daniel was talking about earlier. So I spoke to Neil Marsh from Horan Buckle Mitchell, who, that's, they're a full SIP provider, and this, he explained the differences between them. The, the main difference is actually in the kind of investments that you can, that are allowable within both types of schemes. And the basic execution-only type SIP will allow you to buy typically stocks and shares and may even allow you to buy pooled investments like unit trusts. But if the client is actually looking for something, a wide range of investment, that, that's where the kind of, that kind of scheme falls short. And, for example, what a full SIP will allow is the client to invest directly in, and hold commercial property. 
And we see uh, within our schemes that commercial property is bought for two purposes. We're seeing clients mainly using commercial property to buy, put in their pension scheme, and then they rent it back to their own company. So in other words, when they turn up in the morning to work and draw into their car park, what they're looking at is their pension fund. And it's very tax efficient to do that because the rent that actually is uh, received by the pension scheme, there's no tax to pay on that. So there's no income tax to pay on that. Um, and also any capital gains, in other words, if the, as, as the property increases in value and is sold at some point in the future, there's no capital gains tax to pay on, on the sale. And, then, and um, meanwhile, they, set, they offset the, the rent against their company profits. Um, and, and, and that, correct, John, is the, is, is the final point, is that as the rent is being paid out of the company, then that is an allowable business expense and therefore reduces their corporation tax liability. Unquoted shares are another area that FullSips um, excel in. Yes, unlisted shares are increasingly seeing quite a lot of activity in this area. And ma many clients are, are looking at who are prepared to take a higher risk, uh, investing in companies that are not yet quoted on any stock market. And there are issues that you have to be careful of, but where a client is not involved with the running of the business, then as long as a few simple steps are taken, like for example making sure that the, there's an independent valuation of the company, then it's possible to hold unlisted shares within a full SIP. Uh, the problem actually is, is not every SIP provider will allow investment in unlisted shares. So a client's got to be quite careful in terms of their selection to ensure that their chosen provider will allow that type of investment. Full SIPs can be a bit more expensive though, so if all you're looking for is um, a SIP that allows you to hold funds and shares, would that be a reason just to stick with an execution-only SIP or are there any other issues? Well, I, th I think the other issue to, to look out for is what actually happens when the client gets to retirement. The, the problem with these um, ch cheaper SIPs is that they're only designed as a vehicle to, to invest stocks and shares. For a client who actually then wants to go into either income drawdown or alternatively secured pension, most of these types of schemes don't offer that option. So it means transferring out of an execution-only type scheme into a, into a full SIP. So I think when clients are deciding on, on whether a execution-only type scheme or a full SIP is um, appropriate, I think they've got to look at the timescale involved um, and the size of fund that they're likely to have when they get to retirement. John, uh, Neil makes a good point there about the size of your fund affecting things like your ability to do income drawdown. Of course, that's also a factor when trying to assess uh, the fees and charges associated with SIPs. Uh, if you've got a large fund and you're paying for a full SIP, a fixed fee, um, that can be quite cost-effective. That's right. I mean, you can obviously put up to about two hundred twenty-five thousand a year into into a SIP. So if the setup fee is five hundred against two hundred twenty-five thousand, that's very little, and it might be much better than a percentage-based SIP. On the other hand, if it's a small contribution, then five hundred pounds could make a big difference. I mean, there is increasing competition in the market, and Hazel Car, for instance, have just brought out a new SIP, which is no um, setup fee. There are also quite a lot, lots of cheap, low-cost SIPs. If you all you want to do is hold shares and things. Yeah, I heard about one uh, this week from Best Invest, uh, which is, uh, I think it's a very simple one, and it's just holding funds, basically. 
but uh, incredibly low cost. I think free, I think, for, for many things. It's free if you've got over 50000 to invest, and you get free advice as well, which a lot of the execution-only ones, as, as the name suggests, that there is, there's no advice. But this is the best of both worlds, in a way. Best, so the best of both worlds, if, if you're looking for a simple sip, with you know, relatively uh, low fund value. That's right. I mean, obviously, the full sips do allow you to hold more things, such as we've talked about property, um, uncorded shares, and physical gold, which you can't hold in, in execution-only sip. Yeah, which is a good point if you're looking to diversify over the long term for your retirement pot. Bars are wafers, but no coins. <laughs> good. Well, uh, thank you very much for looking into the ins and outs of uh, all of that, uh, John, and we'll uh, be looking at uh, SIPs and pension planning in the weeks ahead as well. And finally today, it's good news, bad news. Um, and sadly, we don't have uh, uh, Steve Lodge, our cashback expert, with us this week. But we do have um, some good news and uh, a little bit of bad news. The good news is actually about savings accounts. And uh, um, Steve, in fact, identified the fact that West Bromwich Building Society has an account called Premier Bonus Tracker 4, and it pays a variable rate of 6.6% on balances of uh, £1,000 and upwards, guaranteed to track the Bank of England base rate plus 0.85% until May of next year, and then the base rate plus 0.6% until November next year. So um, according to Steve Sums, he's good at this sort of stuff, if base rates stay at 5.75%, you'll get 6.6% guaranteed until June, and then 6.35% until next November. For instant access, that's pretty good. Yeah, that does sound good, Matthew. But um, as Steve said, that's if rates stay at 5.75%. Um, a lot of commentators are thinking they might start to come down January or February. So if that does happen, then this rate might not look quite so attractive by the beginning of next year. I suppose that's when the fact that it's instant access and you can get out quickly uh, that's true. Might, might help you out. But I suppose that, that's a good point. You might only get a few months' worth of, of interest uh, at that rate. I, and uh, I suppose there are higher-paying fixed-rate bonds as well um, yeah. out there at the moment. Uh, I think Stroud and Swindon are paying 6.85% fixed until June, standard life 6.8% um, until June. So I suppose if you think rates are going to fall, you may be better off in one of these. Yeah, I mean, if you can afford the money and to, to lock it up for six months or so, that's probably worth doing. Certainly. Now, um, my favourite bit of good news uh, this week, uh, which I heard... Only, only recently is um, what you can do with your savings interest or how you could spend it just before Christmas right. if you earn enough. Asda, supermarket chain, is selling um, vintage Dom Perignon champagne for 30 quid a bottle. And this is the st- I know, it's uh, absolutely amazing. <laughs> this is the stuff that, if you were to buy it at the Ritz, would cost you 230 quid. Um, amazing. It is. I don't, know how they're, I don't know how they're doing it. But, of course, Asda do specialise in... Uh, low-cost champagne deals. And, yeah. um, uh, and do you know whether you can get this online or would you have, is there going to be a mad rush of uh, crowds at every Asda around the country? I, I expect there will be, there will be a mad rush. Um, what Asda have said is it's only available at certain stores. Right. Um, and there's a, there's a telephone number that uh, if you go onto the Asda website, you can phone the number and find out which, which stores sure. um, it's at. But I would imagine this gets snapped up quite quickly. I would imagine... Yeah. Do you know when it's starting? Uh, it's starting as of now. Right. Um, uh, available now. So if you want to stock up for, for Christmas and we'll get the sort of almost the best there is for the, the price yeah. of, a, of a standard one, that's quite, that's quite good. 
uh, Asda, of course, but well known for their low-cost champagne deals. A good deal there. The, the, the only bad news to this is it's not the 1990 vintage, which apparently is uh, the best in recent memory. Well, maybe that will be next year's special. Well, yes, exactly. We'll look, at, we'll look out for that. Come on, Asda. Give us the 1990 <laughs> vintage at 30 quid a bottle uh, and make a profit. I don't know how they do it. Anyway, that's all we have time for for this week's FT Money Show. Uh, do remember that you can email your views and your questions uh, to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from the team. Goodbye. Bye. It's goodbye from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.